Hi, this is Erica Bogan. Thank you for listening to the I Am Spartan podcast with Scott Knowles. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? I need you to do me a big favor and check out the show's sponsor. That's monkeygrip.com, and you spell monkey with two E's. Go and check them out on Instagram, too. They sell rope grips that go around like a pull-up bar. You can use them on a tree limb. You can use them on dumbbells for farmer's carries. And what's great about this tool is, is they're very portable, too. And it simulates kind of like a rope climb rope. And you can do dead hangs from them. You can do pull-ups on them. And once you've fatigued that grip, you can put them on some dumbbells and carry them for farmer's carries. And you can just keep going down in those weights doing descending sets and just wear your grip out. And that's good for like when the grit, when the ropes are covered in mud at Spartan Race. Or for like the Hercules hoist, for instance, too. So go and check them out. They also make a cannonball grip, which is actually a monkey fist knot that's the size of probably a little bit bigger than a baseball. And you can attach these grips the same way you can the rope grips. He also sells uh, liquid chalk in a small little bottle that you can use before a race if you want to keep your hands dry or if you're into CrossFit or, you know, lifting weights, you can use it for that too. Go check them out, monkeygrip.com. I have a really cool interview. Um, he's Cryptea for Spartan. His name is Craig Daniel, and he is going to tell us all about hurricane heats. Four hours, 12 hours, and he's going to kind of go over the whole process of it. I asked him a bunch of questions that I've never done one, so I asked him questions that I thought a lot of people would want answers to if they were thinking about doing the event. Craig is a super cool guy. There's a ton of videos of his events on his Facebook page, go on there and friend request him and uh, check those out. But here's the interview with Craig Daniel. Craig Daniel, what is going on today, brother? Hey, man, I'm I'm good. Um, actually, home from the Charlotte weekend and took the day off today to be able to button up all the loose ends and uh, sort of just relaxing and chilling. I hear you, man. So, have you gotten all the mud out of your hair from this weekend? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You didn't really do anything. You were just telling people what to do since you're a Cryptea for Spartan, right? Yeah, I think that might be the the common misperception sometimes. But, hell yeah, I was scrubbing uh, mud out of three sets of boots, and I've got uh, clothes in the laundry right now. I'm sure all the people that did your event this weekend are feeling sorry for you right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want some sympathy, right? Right. So, Craig, I forget where we met. Did we meet at an airport going to New Jersey one year? That's what I'm you thinking. Know what? I, I think I was pocketing that as a as a talking point, but I don't know if we ran into each other before that. But we were sitting beside each other at a, at a terminal. Right. I think it was uh, spring of 2017, headed to Tri-State, New Jersey for an ultra. I think you're right. Well, you were going to do the ultra. I did the ultra in 2016. We just did back to back beast in 2017. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. But yeah, that was, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, I needed an ultra because back then that was the, the third leg of the endurance trifecta. Oh uh, yeah. Four hour hurricane heat, a 12 hour hurricane heat and then an ultra. And there weren't very many ultras down here near us in the Southeast. So no. um, I think but- that's the first, uh, flight I ever took to, to go to a Spartan race and it, it was a doozy, man. See, that's the same for me. I, I went and did the Dallas Beast, and that was the first time I ever got on a plane in 2015. And and it was nuts, because me and Michael flew out there, did the race, came back to the airport, got on the plane, and flew right back. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I, if you'll remember, I have me a Michael Roberson, too. His name's Alan Weaver. Yeah, I remember. We, we were in there, and both of you guys were in there, and, and, and we were headed up. Yep. Yeah. What's Alan up to these days? I feel like I hadn't seen him at a race in a year or two. Yeah, he's toned it down. Um, his his daughter got into that age from, you know, like four to six where uh, daddy has to be present all the time. Right. And um, that's, that's where he was. And he had to he had to turn it down almost nothing. So he's he's still here near me. We actually work together. So I, I see him every day. I'll, I'll for sure tell you, tell him you asked about it. Yeah. What do you do for work, man? I'm in plastics manufacturing. So. The plant I work at um, makes containers that you probably put your hands on all the time and never knew who made it. Right. So it's like plastics, like sex toys and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that. Um, food <laughs> containers. So, you know, food food container manufacturing. Uh, we make some disposable, uh, real cheap Tupperware type stuff that goes into all your big box stores. Oh, and sweet. then um, we make some things for, for retail and fast food. Um Again, some things you probably put your hands on, never knew it. So that's just part-time work, you know, until you can become a full-time Cryptea for Spartan, right? Dude, that's uh, that's not accurate. Uh, <laughs> I'm, in my, I'm in my 32nd year at the company. Oh, wow. I was I was bound for the University of Georgia um, on a partial scholarship, if you believe that or not, and uh, worked the summer at, at the plant and never left. So didn't go to college, stayed working. Brilliant move, huh? Mm, hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with that. I know a lot of people that work at the Target warehouse here in town. My brother's one of them. He's been working there probably about 20-something years or almost 32, you know? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people when I was young told me I was crazy. But looking back, I wouldn't change anything. I've, I've raised a family, own a house, and, you know, can't complain. Yeah, as long as you've been there, you're probably running that place by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I make a couple of decisions, but I ain't running the damn place. <laughs> We're going to make blue lids for this Tupperware. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, man, tell me about, like, how you got into OCR, man. It's it's weird. There, there was a sports authority um, in Conyers. I work in Conyers, uh, you know, where the Georgia International Horse Park is. Right. I, li- I live in Covington, uh, the adjacent town over but like the city of Covington is actually closer to the horse park than Conyers Mm -hmm. actually is. Um, But so on lunch break, sometimes I would just go over to sports authority, waste some time instead of eating. And I was standing there at the register. I was the only one in line, but the, the cashier was having to do something relative to my order. And I looked down, you know, on the counter, just kind of glancing around. And there's this, I want to say pamphlet, but it's more like a postcard. And there's this, muddy dude and people doing crazy things in in a little picture on the front like 
the heck is this? And so I grabbed one and took it with me. And it this was 2015, and it turned out to be a postcard advertisement for the Savage Race. So mm-hmm. I did. Um, I signed up for that because it, it just looked way too interesting to pass up. And I never knew anything like that existed. I signed up for that fall Savage Race. Um, that was the first one I ever did. Got my, my butt handed to me really well because I ran it in a pair of a regular road running Asics. Mm. Um, and and like most everybody says, you know, it's, it's real cliche, but but you're hooked. Yeah. And I signed up for the the spring Spartan or the pre-spring Spartan in 2016. Um, they had the hurricane heat as like a race add-on, and those were my first two Spartan events. So wait a second. Was that Hurricane Heat? Was that was that eighty eight? Is that right? It's the infamous O eighty. You were close. O eighty. So the, the, is that the one where you had to have like a green stick and some peanuts attached to it or some crap like that? That is that one. All right. So yeah. my buddy Patrick Davies, he did that. We were staying across the road. I didn't do it, but yeah. I remember him coming in that night and telling That's us about it. So because he was staying yeah. in our room. So he would have been in my small group because we were in alphabetical order. Right. Um, but I, I don't recall that name. But then again, that, that hurricane heat was the largest ever at like 220. Yeah. So even, even in the five groups broken up, we were 40 plus in each group. So yeah. It was, it was a good one. I remember him telling me something that just, because there was this one guy there and he, he was with him and he wasn't very, you know, athletically you know, in, you know, good or whatever you want to call it. But, and he said that they got duct taped together and they had to do all this stuff while they were duct taped together, like by the leg or something like that. And he said, he said it was really, really hard. Yeah. So in that one, um, we were broken up into five groups. So there were five cryptia, um, cookie, you know, old Stephen Cook yeah. was the lead cryptia. And then you had Andy Hardy was one. Matthew Waller was one. Stephen Barrientos, if you remember that name, was one. And then mm-hmm. Robert Lyde was the, the fifth one. And we, our small groups would just rotate every 45 minutes, like to the other section. And there was something significant at all five of them stations. And right. I think three of the five, um, we did something duct tape together. And <laughs> I actually, I actually mimicked that in, in a lot of my events because uh, one of the people that I was duct taped to, you know, nowadays I call it making a friend for life, but mm. I think I honestly did that day make a friend for life, being duct taped together. That's cool. So, how many, uh, how many hurricane heats have you done per se, and like how many were the four hours? Well, let's you know quotations four hours which usually end up way longer than four and 12 hours and have you ever done like the 24 hour or death race or anything like that okay for um spartan endurance events i think um that four hour was one of maybe three or four that i did um and then i've done five 12 hour uh, one one that year and then there was a couple more years before I did another one. Um, but all along there in, in 2016, you know, there are other brands, you know, like Coke to Pepsi. Um, there's a, a really long, tough endurance race here in Georgia the called Gauntlet. the Gauntlet. Mm. And it, 
years ago there was a summer and a winter version and i think about three years ago just because of light registrations the winter version went away um but i did that five consecutive years beginning in in 2016 and the the funny part about that the first gauntlet i did which was a 30 plus hour you know endurance race and normally closer to 40 um the guy that i did that with alan we were training for the 12 hour hurricane heat at least we thought um, I I went into that gauntlet not knowing much of anything about it there wasn't a lot of information around you know we we googled and and searched and we found a a few details somebody had written an AAR but there was really we were going into that um, not knowing you know what it was we were we were definitely prepared we thought for anything but there was no way we could ever imagine what um entailed in that gauntlet and it it definitely wasn't a a training session for a 12-hour hurricane heat it was it was the mother of of all that i could have imagined yeah Um, so we did did five consecutive of those um you know summer winter summer winter and then summer again, and I've only finished two. Now, all of them I've gone over 30 hours, but I only finished two. Um, That's I insane. Didn't, I, I didn't quit any of them, um, but there are some pretty strict time hacks, especially in the back, you know, 20% of, of that event. So once you get to 28, 32 hours, um, they're not going to leave any stragglers. So mm. if you're an hour behind the crowd, you're, you're going to be hacked. And that's what happened to me in, in all those other three. Yeah. And so, and that's a question that I have too. So didn't in the early stages of the 12 hour hurricane heats, but in that dynamic has changed now, but wasn't there like you could get, you could get cut from a 12 hour hurricane heat in the beginning, but now they've changed that dynamic to, the only way you fail it is if you decide to quit. Am I correct? You're you're correct in the first part of that, um, but it's not just if you quit now. So right. there, in in the first few hurricane heats that I did, um, there were time hacks. Right, and and I know people that were cut um, three minutes late, two minutes late. It, it was very strict. strict and, yeah. A couple of those were six hours in, mm-hmm. you know, five hours in, and, you know, you're done. And that's the way it was. You know, everybody understood that. And, and there was no hard feelings or, you know, disappointment other than just disappointment in yourself right. if, you didn't, if you didn't make it. Because usually the time hacks were stated. And, you know, even without a watch, you know if you're in the, in the top half of the crowd or what and, and, and you're in danger. And you've always got the opportunity to kick yourself in the butt and speed up but um the way that it works now and and you know there's people that argue either way is better but there's a point system now Mm -hmm. um and there's it's not as publicized as, as some people probably want but um when we're having our cryptia meetings there there is a definite point system that is defined on our end. And so as we're doing these missions, you know, certain missions, if, if you're, uh, if you don't meet certain standards, you lose three points. Right. Um, the people that finish on the front end of that mission won't lose any points. And, uh, you know, I, I'll kind of bring in what we did this weekend. It'll, it'll help 
um, with the example the best. We did a weighted sprint. So um, the race director let us actually do the sprint. And, you know, for safety reasons, there's obstacles we have to avoid. There's right. times we have to take our backpack off. And and then we definitely don't want to be a bottleneck. So there's some things we don't do just that might cause bottlenecks. But um, I didn't give them a time hack or anything, just told them, uh, you know, this was for points. It was a race. So they're racing against each other. And wow. we had 25 people. So I broke that up into three waves. And it's not perfectly even, but the first eight people didn't lose any points. The second eight people lost a point, and the last nine people lost two points. Right. So we start from 100. And depending on how many scored missions you have, um, you know, it takes either 80 or 85 to, to graduate a hurricane heat now. And the thought process there is, you know, the people paid $150, $175, you know, $125, whatever this was mm -hmm. for them. And they deserve to get the whole event. Right. So, you know, it, it it's worked well so far. If, if there's ever... And again, it, it doesn't really take the cryptia to tell you you're lagging. You know, Scott Knowles would know if he was lagging in a right. hurricane. But we will give the courtesy, you know, you know, a couple of scored missions from the end, maybe pull somebody to the side, you know, three or four people, however many it is, and tell them, hey, you know you've uh, finished, you know, in the, in the last wave on two or three missions. You're, you're in danger of not having enough points to graduate and we've we've explained the point system in the beginning to them so you, so they know what we're talking about right and if you don't put yourself you are not going to have enough points right and then that's kind of the reset either it's damn i got to find a way to finish in the first half of this next mission so i don't lose any more points right. or you know the the other end of it and just kind of uh, see the writing on the wall and let it go so I've, I've seen people um, not have enough points at the end. And this event, everybody had enough points to graduate. We didn't have any weak links or any stragglers. Cool. But but there was um, one of my events last year that the last few people that ended up taking themselves out of the 24-hour were going to be really close to not have enough points, and, and I would have had to cut them. Right. So that, that's how that works. If, if, if I explain that well, if not, you ask a follow-up question. Yeah, you did. I mean, but what I want to do here is, I, I mean, I, I, I've got some questions here, like, because I want to give, like, a, you know, kind of a good idea to, like, somebody who doesn't understand, like, what a hurricane heat is, you know, right. and, like, has, like, the basic questions to it. We just come yeah. across that, and I wanted to ask, because okay. I'd heard that 12-hour kind of dynamic had changed, and I think, I think it's for the better now with the point system. That just sounds fair. It's like you said, people are paying and they deserve to get the whole event, you know, and whether, you know, they pass it on points, I just think that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and not to, you know, expound on that too much, but you think about that five hours that you might have missed, even though you didn't graduate, what could you have learned in that five hours about yourself and A about lot. the event? So that's, that's the main point right there. Yeah. And I think that I think that's just, it's a good tool because if you're getting cut halfway through it, you'd be like, you know, screw that. I'm never going to do that again. Whereas exactly. if you go all the way through it, but you don't graduate, it gives you that say, I was this close. I made it through the 12 hours. I felt pretty decent when it was over. I'm going to try this again. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I just got to do a little better. I yeah. got to train. I got to train on hills. I got to be able to carry more weight. And you know what you need to do. Right. Yep. So, like, when somebody asks you, like, what a hurricane heat is, how do you explain it to them for, like, say, just like, I'm asking you, I don't know what it is. How would you explain it? And, and I'm giggling here because up until yesterday, I, I honestly didn't have, like, a good go-to answer for that. Uh-huh. But um, my co-cryptia um, for the four-hour was a guy named Aaron Powell. And um, we were talking afterwards, and we were talking about this very thing. And he said a phrase that I told him, I'm going to use that from now on. And I didn't even know that I'd be able to say it now. But a hurricane heat is an adventure. That, that's what he said. And, and I think that explains it best, where you'll have people that say that, that see us um, in the beginning when we're warming up or, or doing our first um, – you know, shock and all exercise before we move out. And that's what they see. And they just picture PT and us telling them things and us going through the gear list and we're trying to set a tone. And some that vibe just comes across um, negatively to some people. And you mm-hmm. hear people say, well, they're just making people do exercises and, and boss them around. And, and that's not it. That that may be the beginning. And, and you know, Scott, we got to warm people up yeah. for what we're doing. We'll, oh, yeah. do, we'll do body weight exercises and then we'll do rope weight exercises to to you know get everything flowing before we move out because our first task could be really difficult um and that's what a lot of people see because we'll stage near the start line or the festival area or something and it turns a lot of people off but the way that aaron said that yesterday that it's an adventure it describes it very well because you don't know um you might know the distance and and or i'm sorry the time frame mm. and you know what gear you have to bring but you're not you don't know what you're doing with any of that right and you don't know where we're gonna go how far we're gonna go um or anything so it, it is it's it's an adventure yeah and so okay so when you go you sign up for your hurricane heat and this gear list, it comes out, what, like two weeks before an event or something like that, right? It, it at best, is 10 days, but it's closer to seven to five. Right. And we're, you know, the gear list, it, 70% of it is pretty standard across all hurricane heats. And based on theme or, you know, some creative missions that you want to do, um, you'll have event specific gear mm-hmm. like i had a, a concrete mixing tub because we made them build a sled to drag weight in so you know i had a concrete mixing tub um that you won't see on other gear lists but it was because i needed it for a mission right and, and we'll, we'll keep it down to three or four specialty items at, at most that aren't going to be your standard. And, and we do think about costs and ease of purchase. So we're, we're not going to throw anything crazy out there that somebody can't get within a week. That's, that's part of um, the deal. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, every single hurricane heat is, is different. Like you'll have like a standard gear list and then you'll have like a unique thing that you have to bring. And it might be like we said, a stick with two peanuts connected to it and i think what was the one in nashville where they had to bring like an 18 pound pumpkin um yeah 
Yeah, or it might have even been bigger. The girls might have been 18. The guys might have been 22 pounds. Yeah, I know Michael's dumbass went and bought the biggest pumpkin he saw, and it was like a 30-pound pumpkin or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's one of the hacks people that have done a couple of events learn is is you can massage the gear list. Right. And if it says 23-pound pumpkin, don't get a 30-pound pumpkin, Michael Roberson. (laughs) You want you may have to go to two to two or three different places, but you want a twenty three pound pumpkin if that's if that's the minimum. Right. I would figure like anything that has to do with weight in the gear list, you wanna you wanna lean to the lighter side always. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, so how does an event start? I know that there's a time and a place where everybody's supposed to meet, but mm-hmm. like how does it start? Well, so, you know, just backing up, um, I never imagined how much behind the scenes things there were that went into a hurricane heat Mm -hmm. until my my recruitment started and I I started training with Andy a little bit and getting exposed to all this. And my first one, it was almost overwhelming that everything that I had to do from my end. Right. You know, I'm... I'm almost a perfectionist and I want to know mm-hmm. every detail. And, and it was a lot. I mean, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but it was, it's way more than anybody would imagine. Um, we're, we're a month out developing the event plan. Right. And, you know, the, the first couple of times you do one, it's kind of difficult, um, you know, not knowing the venue, if you don't know it or knowing, um, the roadmap of the course. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps. Like some of the ones that I've done, I'm very familiar with uh, GIHP. I know you know that. And then I've been to Charlotte a couple times now, Nashville. It's it's so much easier to plan an event from home if you know the, if you know the venue. Right. You, you've, you know, you can't just throw eight missions out there. They, they've got to transition sort of into one another. And um, you, you may have an idea of everything you want to do, but until you get there on site on Friday and like walk around, mm. sometimes it, it's it's in print and, and you've got the time you want to do everything and how long everything's going to last. And then you walk the venue and, and four things change, uh, not necessarily scrapping anything, but okay, I'm going to move this to here and that to there. Right. So, you know, a month out, uh, we're, we're putting stuff on paper. Um, and every single event from every single cryptia has to be approved by Andy Hardy. So we submit an event plan to Andy mm-hmm. and Andy will, look at it make suggestions, ask questions. Um, very rarely, um, does one get, you know, even maybe 70% of it approved first time through. She's asking, Hey, do you think this is safe? Have you considered this? Um, you know, in my experience, I've had a similar idea and it didn't work because this, and, um, we, we have to have everything, um, at least in print, about two weeks out and then you know we'll know the gear list so we we develop an email from an email template we put the gear list on it any specifics that we want the racers to know because hurricane is supposed to be detail oriented and sometimes Mm -hmm. in the in the email we'll throw in little nuggets that they have to know or say or park a certain place or tell the parking attendant something right all that all that's kind of fun and game um just to create um, stress in the beginning, chaos in the beginning, uh, 
so they'll get the email about a, about a week out and, and there'll be some details in there specific about where to go, what to look for. Um, and, and then you, they'll get the registration and either me or another Cryptea will be doing registration and we'll tell them the next detail to get them to the staging area, mm-hmm. staging area. Then we're checking gear. We're doing warm up. Um, you know, longer events, we do a harder workout that we kind of classify as a shock and all. Mm-hmm. And then we could, we could move out and go anywhere. Right. And so like in, you know, it's like they always. It says on the website, four hour hurricane heat and twelve hour hurricane heat. I think I I don't remember her name, but I talked to her and she said y'all went fourteen hours on the twelve hour in Charlotte this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. So um, the official start is is always what what counts the clock to twelve hours. Um, we're we're making them register um, about an hour prior. Right. Because we want we want the warm up in the gear check not to be in the official event. event. I've got I've got twelve hours worth of missions outside of warm ups and, and checking to make sure you brought everything you were supposed to. And then, you know, a couple of missions in, I'm letting the class know I have twelve hours worth of missions. I know how long this took me to do beta testing. We're going to do all these missions. Okay. If it's thirteen and a half hours because you guys are slow or you guys are unorganized then it's 13 and a half hours. So, now, and, and now saying that we're, we're, we can't go, you know, 14 and a half, 15 yeah. like that. There, there is kind of a standard, but um, if you can't, if people count the warm ups and people count the total ending to where I'm passing out. Right. Graduation. Um, stuff, yeah. We, we were 14 hours. Yeah. So like when the 12 hours is over, you know, how, how does the event say end you know where it's the the end all in it like how do you announce that the uh event's over um usually it's just you know they're looking at us we we pull them in and they don't know if we're about to tell them we're about to do something else and we just let them know that's the end um you know, there's, we'll know by then if there are people that didn't have enough points. Right. And so we will talk about point. And of course they already know about the points, but we'll talk about, um, you know, make everybody that had a certain number of points. And if we have people that didn't have enough points to finish, typically what I'll do is I'll announce the people's points that graduated and I'm not going to announce, hey, Scott Knowles only had 83 points. He didn't graduate. Right. Your name your name just didn't get called. And then I would say, hey, for the people whose names that didn't get called, that didn't have enough points, I can provide you feedback of, of where you were lagging, you know, where you lost the most points if, if you're interested. Um, a lot of times they, they already know. Right. right. And there's not questions, but there's there's been a time or two where we've had to pull people to the side that really didn't uh, agree with or understand. Um, but points are points and finish is finish. And, and you really earn your finish at these longer events. And we've got points tracked throughout the event and we can show them what events they lagged in if they didn't remember and, and how everything worked out. So, yeah, that's it. I'm I'm not one. with with a lot of cliches and things like that. So I'll just, you know, tell them they did a good job. Um, Maybe talk about how some of the stuff we did translates to real life. But after an event, 
it, it really doesn't take much talking from the cryptea. The, the transformation's already happened. Right. So there's nothing else that I'm going to say other than, you know, just kind of solidifying what they already know. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll do that. Um, one of us will already have broken off and get all the t-shirts and everything ready. And like right there on the back of the truck, um, we're passing out the finisher stuff. Hmm. So is there like a big difference between the four hour and the 12 hour event besides it just being a longer time period or is the 12 hour going to have like a basis of tougher exercises? That second part was a true statement. Um, you know, just in general, when, when Crypto are talking to Andy and, and we're having these um, learning sessions, you, you, you have to understand the crowd that's signing up. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are signing up for the four hour that can't handle a 12 hour or anything longer. So it's there are the couple of differences. I don't want to say it's a whole lot easier but we do more team-based stuff in a in a four-hour in larger teams because it's you want them to have that experience and want to take the next step. Where um, you know a twelve-hour or a longer one is, there may be a team mission or two, and a lot of times those aren't scored. So when you're um, performing in a twelve-hour, it's your individual score. Mm. When when I'm talking to new um, and, and people that are shadowing or wanting to train, I'll say right away because they'll ask, like, it's got to be hard to plan a 12-hour. And I actually, full transparency, it's much easier to plan a 12-hour than a four. Because for a 12-hour, I can give harder missions. Those are easy. Um, I can do longer missions, you know, and, and take up bigger blocks of time. You really can't do a two-hour mission in a four-hour hurricane heat is half the event right so you know numbers and and skill set and you know getting behind in time the the four hour is much more difficult not necessarily to plan but to execute right than than a 12 hour so what made you decide like how did you get roped into becoming a cryptea was it something that you wanted to do or was it just one of those things like hey we need some help doing this hurricane heat you want to come and help us and you went and did that and you decided to become one one day um i I really didn't have aspirations to be a cryptea (laughs) i mean I've, i've always liked to you know, be a leader in these things. Cause I think I've done enough that I've seen a lot of things and I see where people struggle and the friends that I had that would do these events with me, I would be a point of contact for a lot of them. But between, um, the hurricane heats that I did and, and doing the gauntlet, I think Andy and Matt, um, Waller both saw something in me that they wanted to use as as cryptea so i kind of got recruited i mean i wouldn't say roped in right but but they recruited me um and i'll be quite honest i i I think a lot of andy hardy and and matthew waller and i looked at the um kind of the outlook for for cryptea and hurricane heat and there there wasn't a lot of good leaders out there that Andy could depend on and and as much as anything else I I wanted to help her out Mm -hmm. as kind of a debt of gratitude for all that she's taught me along the way and you know that I don't want to say I'm 
doing it now and I really don't want to or anything like that because I really love it and enjoy it. But I don't think I would have ever raised my hand and said I wanted to be a Cryptea as much as I enjoy it now as if it wasn't Andy Hardy and I knew she didn't need help. Well, and I'm sure that Spartan pays you a ton of money to do it too. So there's that. Yeah, I make a little over minimum wage. By the, by the time <laughs> said and done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Andy will tell you, um, when we have these Cryptia forums, if you're, if you're in this to make money, you're, you're in it for the wrong reason. Right. For sure. And, and that is for sure. Do and you, I'm, do you use volunteers to like help with the events and stuff though? We have, um, it, and that dynamic has changed a little bit. There, there went it. It went from being, uh, and it all depends on how many people we're going to have. Right. You know, like, like every forty people really needs another criteria. Hmm. Um, and then once you get over like twenty five or thirty, you know, there there is need for somebody to help maybe tally what order people come in or, or help with registration and stuff like that. So there was a, a volunteer dynamic. Um, in the past, but what it's turned into now, well, there were actually a, another step. Then it turned into a volunteer had to be an SGX coach. So we mm. were getting a little bit of help, but it was hard to find SGX coaches that wanted to help. And then um, what she's doing now is the volunteers are basically uh, somebody that's shadowing the event. So I had a shadow um, this weekend, and that was – basically my volunteer so right. it's somebody that's not involved in the event plan they're not involved in telling somebody what to do or, or you know give out instructions but just there to absorb everything that's going on help with the minor details and kind of take a look and say is this really something that i want to do so that's that's how volunteering works now and in all that is a is an Andy decision. So she she tells me if there's a co lead, if there's a second cryptia, and who's going to be shadowing something like that. Right. So you did both of the events the the twelve hour that was done Saturday and the four hour yeah. that was done Sunday. Uh-huh. And if if anybody listening wants to see some of the exercises they did, go to Craig Daniels uh, Facebook and all those video. A lot of videos are on there of the exercises that they they did or the missions that they did. But I've got a question: Have you ever done like a hurricane heat where, say, one of the missions that you were planning to do like didn't go right? Like, what do you do when that happens? Is there like, okay, this isn't working. We're going to lean this direction. Like, how does that ha- how does that work? Scott, that happens every event, whether it's <laughs> a four hour or a twelve hour or or, or longer. Um, there's something that that has to be modified or um, cut. There's a lot of things that can that can happen. Um, you plan for certain things to last a certain amount of time, and it takes a little bit longer, even though you've beta tested it. Um, so, like, I always go in, and, and especially the longer ones, like the 12, I have, like, a least important mission. So if we're getting behind something that's not really relative to theme, I will just cut something out. And there was a mission that got cut out of the 12-hour. Um now, not that that goes away. I've got that in my back pocket for a future event, mm-hmm. but but it happens. And then, um, so so I 
had full creative control of the 12 hour and, and I did all that. The, the co-lead for the four hour was Aaron Powell mm-hmm. and, and he's certified. Um, but there's steps that Andy has them go through and you have to co-lead with an experienced cryptia before you're going to get one on your own. So right. Aaron was the co-lead for the four and, and we communicate about everything that was happening in the four, but I gave him more than 50% creative control and, and he, did an excellent job and he, I stepped back and he, he handled that whole event almost by himself. I jumped in a few times um, when I saw things that, that might make sense or do. But for that one, we came up to the very last mission, which was going to be about a 30 minute team building, uh, you know, make a friend for life exercise at the A-frame and, and they already disconnected um, all the straps and everything, so we couldn't use the A-frame. So we're, I'm looking at Aaron like, hey, man, uh, you want to learn how to be a cryptea? Here you go on the fly. You got three minutes to figure something out for 30 uh-huh. minutes. And and he did. I mean, he had, uh, you know, being at a chicken farm, we, we had eggs, and some of the missions had uh, creative names like chicken roost, egg toss race, relative to that. So it – on the gear list, um, he had for them to know the chicken dance. So he just on the fly made an uh, exercise and a, a, a game with the chicken dance to fill in that last little bit of time because the A-frame was disconnected. So that, that happens all the time. Yeah, I think I saw the video of that where everybody was dancing and then they had the chickens that actually made the chicken noise and people were pulling up the Hercules hoist bags while they were dancing. It looked pretty interesting. Yeah, so that's that's what I try to tell everybody. Don't worry about things um, not going exactly right because the people on the other side will never know it. So would you have ever imagined watching that video that Aaron had to create that on the fly as creative as that was? No, I so wouldn't. I, that looked like that was planned. It absolutely yeah. did. <laughs> that wasn't on paper, and I didn't even know what he was going to do. I, I went to the truck to start separating all the T-shirts and, and wedges and patches, and I came back, and that's what they were doing. So that's what every cryptea is going to be expected to do is as much of a plan as you have, you've got to be able to think on your feet and, and modify and change. I liked the one uh, exercise that you did in the 12 hour where, um, and y'all had video of this too. Y'all were down there close to where the barbed wire crawl was at. And you had everybody with a five gallon bucket, fill right. it up with water and they had to hold it in front of them with the water in it for 30 minutes. And every time you sat it down, you had to crawl through the barbed wire. Yeah, that, that's, that was that mission. So I, I called it, you know, cumulative bucket hold. And, and I've done um, many different cumulative type things as a mission throughout you know, the, the events. But this one was, you know, you, you have to hold it for 30 minutes. A stopwatch was on the gear list. So they started, they all started their stopwatch at the same time, picked up their bucket. And whenever they had to sit it down because they were tired, they had to stop their stopwatch and make a trip through the barbed wire crawl. And, and you and I both know barbed wire crawl doesn't do that one justice. Yeah, that as one's a, nasty. As a description. Yeah, that <laughs> so was a good one. you can... You can sit it down and rest, but your rest is going to be your stopwatch is stopped and you're going to do a bar bar crawl. You're going to get muddy and you're still going to have to pick it back up and hold it for 30 minutes total. Right. Some people are going to finish before others, whoever can hold it long. But it it was very surprising because I beta tested it. 
we had a few individuals that held the bucket the entire 30 minutes. No shit. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they, they still did the barbed wire crawl twice because it was <laughs> it was a barbed wire trip in and then hold the bucket. And it was a barbed wire trip at the end. But there were people that only made two trips because they held the bucket the entire time. Wow. What, who, who did the most laps of the barbed wire crawl and how many laps was it? It was, uh, they, they held it a lot longer than I imagined. Um, I wasn't faced with a, a barbed wire crawl when I was beta testing it. So I just set the bucket down when I got tired, like every <laughs> eight, eight to 12 minutes. But uh, if you're standing there staring at the barbed wire crawl, that's completely chili tight soup. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to hold it a little bit longer. So I, I think other than the in and out, um, somebody might've made three trips, but there was only one person that had to make three trips that those guys were holding it wow. for, for 15 minutes at a time. That's pretty impressive. Cause I imagine that was pretty hard, you know, cause the way your front holding it like that, it gets into your lower back quick, you know? Yeah. And you know, we say full bucket, but you know, that some of them were two or three inches from the top. Right. But I went and scooped, um, buckets full of soupy mud and the people that had the least amount of water, they got heavier mud mix dumped in theirs. Right. So, you know, from the angle of that video, you know, somebody might say, oh, those buckets aren't full. They were two inches from the top. Yeah. And they got to smell that mud the whole time they held it too. <laughs> yep. Man, that mud was rough on Sunday. It was worse smelling Sunday than it was Saturday. I don't know if it was maybe my sinuses were more clear or it was more churned up, but it was rough Sunday for yeah. sure. So I saw them also doing a exercise where the trees that they had in the Armageddon section, that they were moving those chunks of trees off into the woods too. That looked pretty cool. Okay, and, and I'll tell you that wasn't written into the event plan um you know tyler spencer the race director he he came up right when we were finishing warm-ups and said hey can y'all do me a favor this will probably be good for your event can you get the <laughs> the couple of logs out of armageddon and get them over the tree line well i didn't pay too much attention to what the logs looked like they were big <laughs> yeah and so i said hey yeah sure and so i walked over there and looked and i went whoa those are pretty big this is bigger than anything we've ever picked up so i knew we weren't gonna be able to pick it up but i texted tyler back immediately and i said hey man i we're gonna give it a go but this may not happen um and you know these guys always impress and surprise me because i was prepared to tell tyler we didn't get it done but we split into two different teams and each team took that log all the way to the all the way to the tree line just like they asked mm, that's crazy and I saw that there was another exercise, and I think this might have been on on the twelve hour, but I'm not sure. It was like a, it was like a bucket leapfrog, and it looked like there were several teams, and you had to lay down on your back to move the bucket over to the next person, and then once they did that, like everybody would go to the back, would come to the front, and as the line moved, everybody just kept coming to the front and you know leapfrogging back. I'm, I'm, the only thing I can think similar to that, do you think that was the egg toss race? No, it was, it was, it's like they were, they held a bucket, but they were laying down on the ground and like moving the bucket from one person to the next. Okay. If this was in the, in the four hour, you know, I, like I mentioned, I gave a lot of creative control to Aaron Powell. Oh, you might've missed that one then. 
there were times where I stepped away and he may have had him doing something off the cuff that wasn't in the event plan. But again, if so, you witnessed something that was um, spur of the moment. That, that looked pretty, it looked pretty neat and it looked like the teams were racing at the same time too. So that, that looked pretty cool. And yeah, I saw the one you were talking about with the egg toss where they, they were doing something and then they would throw the egg and somebody would catch it. Yeah, so um, delivering those instructions went something like this because we had split into four teams. And it was, okay, um, you know, you're in teams, uh, you're all together. One person goes out in front of the rest of the team and you throw the egg to that person who catches it. When that person catches it, the rest of the team comes up to that person and the next person goes out front. And that is how you travel down. And it was a, a team race to a spot and then back and you know it was maybe a tenth of a mile Mm. each way um and so it's they're taking calculated risks um how far do i want to throw the egg because the penalty for dropping the egg was 10 burpees to restart oh wow so if you're throwing it further you know if you drop it it breaks they had spare eggs but even if they drop it in the grass and it didn't break it still counts the same you have to you have to do a team 10 burpee penalty to restart. And it's those type things that when you write them, they, they can come across kind of corny, but it I looked mean, you challenging. Saw video, you saw on video how the, the team dynamic works and that they're encouraging people and they're, they're go, 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 go. And yeah. you know, those, those things, um, always go so much better than, than I think when I put them on paper. <laughs> and they were really tossing that egg too. I was like, Oh man, yeah. they're about to drop it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we had 14, no, actually it was five teams, Scott. And the, the team that finished way behind the other four in the test run, they actually won the event, um, at the end. So, you know, sometimes wow. it, it's, it's, you do this, Okay, it was practice. Now let's go here as a team. Let's talk about what we did. Did it make sense? What did I see another team do? Hey, what can we might do better? And then you do it on the second run, and that communication and that um, you know engineering together um, makes a better outcome. Hmm. So, out of all the events that you you've been a Cryptea at, or all the events that you've been in, what's the most craziest like mission or exercise that you've ever been a part of? Um, I'm going to go to uh, a gauntlet and it was my first one. Um, And you know, the gauntlet is a, it starts Friday evening, um, Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And we'll finish, if you finish, when you finish or don't finish is, is about daylight on Sunday. So you're going through two full nights without sleep. You're going through a Friday night and a Saturday night without sleep. You know, you'll you'll finish Sunday morning and, and you can sleep after that. But so you're in a area remote mountains beside the Flint River. Mm-hmm. And we were in teams of four and we had to zip tie our backpack straps together. And at a gauntlet, it's a little bit heavier than what we make um, people do at a at a sparring race. But it's still, they're all the, all similar missions, whether we call it a gauntlet or a Spartan race or whatever. So he put us in a creek, um, a, a mountainous creek um, at, the, at the bottom, and we, four of us together, with barely enough room to maneuver, had to go 
about a mile and a half up a creek and traverse whatever was in there. And, and, and when I say creek, it's more like, you know, half creek, half mountain stream. Right. And it, it's flowing down from a waterfall. So you've had all this brush and logs and things fall. Um, wow. That was, that was a 2 o'clock in the morning, Friday night <laughs> mission. Uh, it took about three and a half hours um, is what I'm told, and I believe it. But th- that was that was tough. Um, we were... We had four four people in our group. I think there were five groups total, and my group was the first one going up through. And we didn't get too far away from the other groups that were behind us. And there was a gentleman who quit. Who cut? They had to cut him out of his team because he saw two uh, water moccasins in the pool oh, wow. area that that two of the other teams just had gone through. So yeah, I would say like those because you know. Spartan, corporate Spartan, we still have a, even though we sign waivers, there's a level of safety that gets preached to us. Right. And, and everything we're doing, we're taking safety into consideration. In a gauntlet, you're, you're having to do what they say. And, you know, snakes in a, in a creek, you know, bears, whatever, not that we've seen a bear, you know, it, it is what it is at a gauntlet. Yeah. And, and that, that was tough. Well, I mean, honestly, it kind of is what it is at Spartan, too. You know, who's to say if some water moccasins didn't go into the dunk wall water or that barbed wire crawl overnight while everybody was, you know, at home? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never know, know, you know. You know, and and a lot of people will say heavy things were the hardest thing they ever did. I mean, I I was never the fastest, but I'm pretty strong. So, you know, I – if it's ever a carrying event, that's that's something that's favored that favors me. So a lot of people you ask that question to will tell you something from a gauntlet, this unreal heavy carry we had to do. So there there was a lot of that too. It's just um, you know pitch black, snakes in the water, mm. going upstream uh, for for three hours. That that tops my list. Mm. Was Michael Robertson the most annoying person you ever had in one of your hurricane heats? <laughs> no, um, you, you know Mike's a good guy, and I know you, you pick on him, and he picks on you sometimes. But <laughs> he, he's, he's a good dude, man. We we really um, we like having that that type of energy that he brings. Um, there's there were three or four people that was in our 12 hour that I didn't know was going to be in the 12 hour. I don't get the official registration list until the Friday before. Mm-hmm. And I try to make myself not look because I, and I'm going to be able to do it eventually, but I don't want to know who's coming. Right. Um, but a couple of people that came are, have that same energy, you know, that, that Michael has laughing, understanding that no matter what they're going through, it could always be worse. It could be a little bit heavier. It could be a little bit muddier. It could be a little bit colder. Um, but yeah, no, Mike was fun to have in, in the couple that I had. Hmm. So when I was doing the Spartanburg Ultra, they were doing a 12-hour hurricane heat that started Friday night and ended just before the Ultra. So if you wanted to do the 12-hour hurricane heat, then yeah. you could do the ultra right after it. I had a buddy, uh, Jason Hart, that did that. Okay. But, you know, this race was in November, and uh, he was doing it. And we were there. We had dropped off our drop bins, and 
we were watching the hurricane heat start up, you know, and it had that red clay dunk wall, yeah. nasty water. It was already like 50 degrees. And I think that next morning it was like 30 degrees when we started the ultra and cookie, he was the cryptea that year. And like, this was within the first hour of the event. He had them going in that dunk wall water. And he said, there's a sprint metal in in the dunk wall water and we have to find it before we can go on to the next mission or whatever and so we were over there watching and you know just kind of watching them they'd go in look a little bit come out go in look a little bit and come out and the whole time they were in there looking and like this they were going like up to their head and some of them were going underwater i don't know why because you couldn't even see under the water but the whole time they were doing this uh we were over there standing next to Cookie. Cookie had that metal in his pocket the whole time, and he was letting them go in and out of there until he decided it was time for them to be able to really try to find the metal. <laughs> See, that's pretty devious, right? That's but, very you know, devious. Gr- great minds think alike. <laughs> I, I've I've got something in my back pocket, um, very similar that we're gonna do. It's it's more than one sprint metal. Um, but somewhere along the same line. So I, I don't want to reveal it, but right. you know, that's a lot of us cryptia think alike. Mm. Are you doing the Palm beach one that's coming up this weekend or somebody else doing that one? No, there, there are a couple of very good cryptia, um, down South Florida. Right. So, uh, Cliff Moit that I've worked with, um, a couple of years ago at a four hour at Asheville, not Asheville, you know, at right, try, yeah, on. try on, um, He's he's a good one, and then a guy named Joe Falcone um, is is co-leading with him. Right, but, but, but they're good ones. Anybody that's going to that one, they're going to be in for a treat. Um, you know, I've got my strengths. Um, I got things that I think I can be better at, and both of those are really good at things that I think I'm weak at. So, mm. you know, I, I kind of ex- inspire to get a lot of these things. For me to be good at a lot of these things that these other guys are, um, so I, I kind of admire what they do because they're good at things that I'm not at. <clears throat> cool. Well, Craig, I'm out of questions, but I do have two more questions I want to ask. But before we do that, is there anything that I may not have asked about Hurricane Heats that somebody that's thinking about signing up may need to know? That, that's a good question, and that's one of those that, you know, it's really tough to explain what one is. Um, but what I can tell you is anybody that I've ever known that's gone into one of these skeptical um, has always come out the other side going, man, I'm so glad I signed up for that. Or, you know, I'll hear a comment like that was life changing or you know, that's the hardest thing I ever did. And, and not that being hard is the point, but, you know, you have to have hard things to make you understand what you need to do. Um, that's that's the feedback that we always get. As many times as you hear people say, oh, I just don't want to, they're, they're just going to tell you to do a bunch of exercises. That's not it. It is definitely an adventure. They're all different. You can do uh, three different hurricane heats with three different people, and they'll all be different, and every single one of them um, impacts greatly the vast majority of the people that are in there. Right on, man. 
Okay, so the last two questions I have. The first one is, out of all the events that you've ever done, whether it be endurance events or races, whatever, what's been your most favorite one and why? So that's got to be the the ultra that that I talked about sitting in the terminal with you. Hmm. Um, I, I had never done any type elevation near that. You know, I mean, it's the the first mile up was a black diamond ski slope. Yep. Um, and you know, I, I, I knew what ultra was, but I wasn't prepared for that type of elevation. That's in, in rather saying something was hard or the most difficult. That was the most rewarding thing I've ever done because I know to complete that thing, um, you know, I had to get to a, a certain level and, and perform well and to complete that and get the that old nice pretty buckle that they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's probably my proudest medal. Yeah, and that was the year that they put that bucket right there at the end of that steep slope, and they've done that a couple of times. I remember that. Yep, yep. A, Somebody would drop their bucket in, we'd go rolling all the way down to the bottom of the hill. Yep, it was the debut of Twister that year, and they had it right after the bucket carry. Well, I think – yeah, I think it was Twister was right after that, I, yeah. th- I believe. Now, yeah. You're exactly right, and it was three sections of Twister, not two sections of Twister. That's right, that's right. See, I just did the Beast back-to-back. You know, we did the Beast on Saturday and the Beast on Sunday, so I got to enjoy watching everybody do the Ultra that year, but I didn't do it. And see, and, you know, people talk about Ultras nowadays, like, yeah, I'll do one of those. You know, it's not that bad. But we're talking about in in a time where there was only two Ultras, and it was either Tahoe or it was Killington. So... In 2016, when they started the New Jersey Ultra, New Jersey Ultra was the easiest ultra at the time. Yep. Because of the elevation. It didn't have as much elevation as the other ones. And it and it still had about 8,000 feet of climbing, I believe. 8 to 10. Yeah. And I don't want to poop on anybody that's, that's done an ultra down here in the southeast. You know, if, if you do 31 miles, it, it's, it's a it, thing, it's Right. But, you know, people that have done one, you know, if, if you really want to get to the next level, go go do a mountainous ultra. Right. And um, it, it's a different level. I, and I love to see how the ultra scene has grown and they've got all these different ultra events now. You know, I just think it's really cool, you know, and then you got a lot of people that specialize in that just alone. And right. I just, it's one of the, it's the more fun event to me because it's just, there's just so many more balls rolling in that event, you know, and it just makes it more exciting. Yep. So my next question is, is what's your least favorite event and why, or the the event you hated the most and why? And, you know, I don't like when people knock on hurricane heat, um, it, it I've got Irish in my blood, and it takes a lot to make my blood boil. And when I hear people knocking on hurricane heat, I can just feel, you know, my body tingling and my blood boiling in it. And I'm a very mild-mannered person. You know that. And it takes a lot sometimes to bite my tongue, and it takes a lot sometimes to make my thumbs not tight, but I want to type. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I I really – don't want to knock anything. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've done a couple of things that, um, I haven't gone back and done, but there's people that love that brand too. So, you know, I, I really don't want to knock anything, man. Right. Um, I, I like, 
you know, I like Spartan. I think Savage Race is, is very challenging um, because, you know, we have Savage here in Georgia. I, I do that one a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from knocking anything. I got you. <clears throat> well, what's the toughest event that you've ever done then? I'm going to go back to, to gauntlet. Um, you know, just toughest Spartan race was definitely that ultra that that's the only ultra I've I've ever done. But I mean, I I think at least at one point I was pretty elite, um, athletically and Spartan and endurance. And there's three gauntlets that I didn't finish. Mm. So just, just that in of itself, um, not that, you know, if, if I don't finish something, it, it's tough, but I know what I put out in those events and I didn't have much more in the tank, man, to be able to, to finish those three that, that I failed at. You got regrets from tapping out or were you satisfied with your decision? Um, you know, there, there were two that, uh, I didn't train well enough for that, you know, I, I know the terrain, I know the venue. I kind of rested on those laurels a little bit too much and it bit me. Um, there was, there was one that was a misinterpretation of detail that it was 100% my fault. Um, and that caused me to do something to, to help another racer because I thought we had time and, it, it was, I missed a time hack helping mm. another racer that I thought I had time for. Um, but again, I wouldn't do anything different. I'm not leaving um, somebody on trails, you know, 10 miles out in the wilderness. They're scared. Um, you know, I, I would do the same thing again, whether a misinterpretation of rules or not. So, I, I I don't really regret any of those. I, I, each of the ones I didn't finish, I made it more than 30 hours, and uh, that's a lot to say in of itself. Yeah, it is. Have you ever done death race or have any desire to do a death race? But I I don't mind saying I'm terrified of something, um, and, and death race terrifies me. <laughs> so, no, I, I haven't. Um I don't. I think it, the shape that I am now, you know, it would take a lot to get me ready for death race. But if I did one, it definitely would be winter. And I do want to do one. So if I do one, it'll be the winter death race. I'm I'm very cold tolerant. Right. You'd have to be if you were going to do the one like they just did. <laughs> yep. Well, Craig, man, I'm out of questions. Is there anything you want to add before we sign off, brother? And not, not really, um, you know, talking ahead of time, I, I really don't think I'm that interesting, <laughs> but it looks sure like we talked for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I hope, um, you know, there's some people that hear this. If, if they had some preconceived notions or misconceptions about hurricane heat, um, give it a shot. And, and I can tell you, you can make it through a four hour hurricane heat off the couch. Um, if you find it, you know, in yourself within that event, just to keep going and, and not quitting. Um, so anybody that has any doubts, if you can do a Spartan sprint, you can do a four hour hurricane heat. Word up. What's the next hurricane hit event you're doing? Um, there's nothing scheduled for me. Um, but I know we're really thin on 12 hour hurricane heats and 24 hour hurricane heats on the schedule right now. And Andy 
is working her tail off to get a couple of things um, in the book so that people be, have the opportunity to get their trifectas um, because, you know, you can do a, a 4, 12, and a 24 and have a hurricane heat trifecta just like you can a, a sprint, super, and beast. So there are going to be some more 12-hour and 24-hour hurricane heats on the schedule. Um, some of those will be in the southeast, and, and I'll be involved in any of those. Where's the 24-hour one going to be at? I, there's nothing on the schedule yet. Um and, and again, what people think there might not going to be any because they don't see any, but there's just so many details um, that go into that. And, and whether it's at a race venue or not, we have done standalone hurricane heats where it's just a venue. It's just a hurricane heat. So there are going to be a couple of things that, that pop up. Um, I don't think there's any 24 hours on the schedule right now, but there'll be a few. Right. Cool, man. Um, so, man, there was something I was going to ask, and I don't forgot, uh, dang it, I don't forgot. Oh, is there going to be any more, like, standalone hurricane heat events? Because I remember at Conyers one, it was one Saturday, they just did a hurricane heat there, and there wasn't a race. Are, do y'all have any of those in the works? There, there was one, you know, right at the end of the year last year at Joshua Tree. Mm -hmm. There was a standalone um, trifecta. Actually, you did a, a four hour, twelve hour, and twenty four. Wow. You could do any any of the ones you wanted, or you could do um, all four. Um, and when I say there's some things in the works, um, they're they're trying very hard to have a trifecta hurricane heat. And even if it's got to be standalone, um, any of that and all of that is, is an option right now. Hmm. Well, cool, man. Well, hey, I'm out of questions, man. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about hurricane heats today, brother. Yes, and hopefully I, I did it some justice and, and made a couple of people want to give it a shot. I think you did. Craig's a cool guy. Everybody go do a hurricane heat just so you can meet Craig and give him a big hug. I appreciate that, man. All right, Craig. Take it easy, man. All right. Bye, Scott. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Craig again for taking time to talk to us. I hope everybody had fun at Charlotte this past weekend. It was a great race. It was super muddy after the bucket carry. It made it lots of fun. I remember we did the second lap on Saturday, and something about all those people going through that dunk wall water, it just churns it up. Man, we were covered in mud covered in mud good times good times uh, i hope i will see everybody at palm beach this weekend it's kind of a bummer they changed it to a one-day sprint but the 3k series is gonna be on friday i'm hoping to get there early enough where i can just kind of spectate that and just you know just have fun hang out watch the event see how it goes you know hopefully it'll be a good competition to watch uh if you see me down there at palm beach come up to me and say what's up uh, that's all I got, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and check out monkeygrips.com. We'll see you next race. Peace.